Man, we've been talking about, over the last uh, couple of weeks, we've been talking about one encounter can change everything. And here we are, we're like a few days away from our next encounter. It's Friday. Come on, somebody. And I'm excited to see what God is going to do. We've got 31 people registered to go through the encounter. We've got, yeah, I'm excited. We've got 30 people, um, 30-something people that are going to serve on the ministry team. And it's going to be an unbelievable, um, you know, we've been praying about it. Um, and every encounter we pray about these encounters. And Ryan is, is leading the encounter and um, he said, as he was praying, just kind of because he's, he's leading it, and I get to go through it, um, which is awesome. How many of y'all know that's, that's good? I, get to, I don't even have to teach a session. I just get to be, I get to go through encounter. And so Ryan's been praying for me and sending me words, but he said, I, I feel like the word for this encounter is turning point. And so not, not only do we give um, every time toward encounter, but we also, um, I want you to do this this week. I want you to start praying for encounter. I want you to start praying, um, man, look up in the word, just the turning point moments and begin to look at those. And, and I just know God's going to move. Come on, somebody. I know that what he did in scripture, even what we're going to read about today, I know that what he did in scripture, he wants to do in my life. He wants to do in your life. And um, I just believe that this Friday and Saturday night, is going to be a night where people leave different. Come on, somebody. And so let's pray about it, fast about it, all the things. And so, um, man, here we are. We are in week three of this, this journey together called One Encounter Can Change Everything. Because here's the thing. We've all encountered religion. Um, but, but, and that can change your behavior. And that's not good. But one encounter with Jesus can transform you from the inside out. Come on, somebody. And so not only, you got to understand this about the Bible, um, not only um, those encounters that Jesus had with people inside of the Bible when He would heal the sick or He would heal the blind or He would raise somebody from the dead. Here's what you've got to understand is this isn't a storybook that's detached from our life. The, the same things He did inside of the lives of those people in Scripture, He went all the way to the cross, right? He went all the way to the grave, and He rose all the way back to heaven because His desire was to be able to interact and do those things with us here today. Come on, somebody. And so the encounters we read about, they're not just stories or moments on a felt board. They're actual occurrences that can happen in your life and in my life, because here's what I've, I've realized, and here's what I know to be true, no matter who you are, maybe you're here today and you're not real sure about this whole Jesus thing or this Bible thing or, or, or this encounter thing, um, or, or maybe you've walked with God your entire life and you've been saved from the womb. Come on, somebody. You've been a tither since you were two, right? And, but no matter where you're at on the spectrum of your journey with God, every single one of us, Every single one of us have a place in our life that can drastically change with one encounter with Jesus. And I love it because we've built a culture here. We've built a, a people, a group here where like I as the pastor can actually go through encounter. Come on, somebody, right? Like well, that, that's weird to me, kind of. Um, but, but, but that's it. Here's why, because I believe that. I believe that no matter who you are, no matter how long you've walked with God, you're just one encounter away from something changing inside of your life. And so before I take you to the moment that we're going to talk about in Scripture um, today in, in Mark chapter 2, before I take you to that moment i got to tell you the same thing I told you last week was that as you read this moment in Scripture, as you read about Jesus changing the life of this man, you've got to understand 
that Jesus is the physical manifestation of the heart of God. You've got to understand that, that God had showed His people His hand of provision, His hand of correction, His, His sovereign hand to move, but He sent Jesus to show us His heart. Come on somebody, right? He sent Jesus to show us His character, His nature, how He thinks about us. Jesus was the embodiment of the heart of the Father. So here's what that changes for us. That changes for us that every time we read Scripture where Jesus does a miracle, where Jesus interacts with somebody, it's not just a miracle. It's not just where Jesus puts on a Superman cape and comes and changes someone's situation, brings them from life to death, from blindness to sight, from lame to walking. It's God saying to you and me, these are examples. Does that make sense? These are examples for me to look at and go, okay, his heart must be that I should walk and be physically healed. His heart must be that I shouldn't have shame about what I'm walking through. His heart must be that he cares whether or not I can see, come on somebody, what's actually going on inside of my life. So when you read the Bible that way, you realize that, that it wasn't just a woman at a well. It, it, was, a, it, it, was, it, was, it was a... God saying, no matter what your current circumstance is, you can still do something amazing for me. When it was Zacchaeus, y'all remember Zacchaeus week one in the tree, it wasn't, just, it wasn't just Jesus putting on a display for a really short man. It was, it was Him saying, no matter what you've done, I am still want to spend time with you. So when you read the Bible that way, when you read these, these encounters with Jesus that way, you begin to believe about the heart of God for you. Because most of us, if we're honest, we have the wrong view of God's heart for us. Because we've encountered religion, we've just never encountered Jesus. And religion's message is that God is angry with you, disappointed with you. At the least, He's disillusioned and disconnected from your life. And a people group that's intent on pushing that message to you. Amen, everybody. But there's a difference between encountering religion and encountering Jesus. When you encounter Jesus, you encounter the heart of the Father for you. And that changes everything about your life. When you realize that God is not angry at you. When you realize that God is not disappointed in you. When you realize that you did not let God down. Because you can't. If you, sir, could let God down, I don't know that He would be a God worth serving. You were never holding Him up to begin with. Amen, everybody? So Jesus is the heart of God. And so I want you to see that inside of this moment this morning. Mark chapter 2. This isn't just a miracle. This is an encounter with the heart of God. For you and for me. I'm so glad you're here this morning. I'm so glad you all are here this morning. Come on. Listen, it's summer. And you're here. Come on, somebody. Alright, here we go. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Pretty common story. Um, pretty common story. Uh, maybe you've never heard it before. Maybe you've taught on it in Sunday school. Maybe you had the Feltboard characters. But I want you to see this from the perspective today that one encounter with Jesus can change your life. And when He, Jesus, returned to Capernaum, if you don't have a Bible, the words will be on the screen. After some days, it reported that He was at home. It was reported that he was at home. So here's Jesus coming back to his home base, right? It was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was, say it with me, no more room. Not even at the door. 
And he was preaching the Word to them. Man, just to be in that room. Come on, somebody. Just to hear Jesus preaching the Word. Come on, I've heard some good preachers in my day, but hey, ain't none of them got anything on the God-man Himself. Come on, could you imagine? Could you imagine? Like, here we are in this room. I'm just, I just ain't in my notes, but like, I just think about this. Like, could you imagine sitting at the feet of Jesus? And like, I'm here, and Mimi's here, and my kids are here, and they're just sitting there listening to the, to the King of the world give this message. And, and, and I want you to, to put yourself in this moment because, man, as much as the Bible says He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, so as much as I I'm up here showing you this moment in Scripture. Jesus is up here. Come on, somebody. And He's penetrating our heart and our hurt and our mind. And here's, here's this moment. He was preaching the Word to them. And they came, and they came, bringing to Him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near to Him because of the crowd, they turned around and they went back to their day and thought maybe they could try another day. How many of y'all know that desperate people will do whatever it takes to get to Jesus? Come on, somebody. It says, they couldn't draw near Him because of the crowd, so they removed the roof above Him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when, they, and when Jesus saw their faith, He didn't see the faith of the man. He saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, son, this is interesting, lean in right here. Why would he say this? I'm going to talk about it, but I want you to lean in here. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. Interesting. The man can't walk. Obviously, Jesus. What does this have to do? What's the correlation with his sins? Why does he speak to his sins first? Interesting question. Now, some of the disciples, disciples, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus perceiving in their spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, He said to them, why do you question the things in your hearts? Interesting question here. Which is easier? To say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, here's the moment, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately he picked up his bed and went out before them all. Didn't say a word. So that they were all amazed. Could you imagine? And glorified God saying, we ain't never seen nothing like this. What a powerful moment. Can you just picture it? Like, here's Jesus. He's been healing. He's been been preaching the gospel. He's been raising up the leaders who would ultimately take the movement of Christianity to the ends of the earth. And, And here he is. He's arrived back at his home base, Capernaum. And he set up shop. And the place is just packed out. And there's absolutely no room for anyone else to get in. Can you picture this? This is pretty crazy. I mean, the Bible says that there was literally no room even at the door to get people into this place. How many of y'all know that when Jesus shows up, you're going to have to make some room for people, right? Do y'all remember how we were before we had three services? It was just breathing each other's hot breath in here. Why? Because Jesus showed up. 
Not because we have a shiny building, not because we have the greatest worship in the world, not because we have the greatest everything, but because Jesus is here and people's lives are getting transformed. The crowd starts gathering around the house. I want you to picture this in your mind because Jesus is here. The disciples are here and people are gathering around the house. They're pushing in. They're watching from the windows. And, and Brianna, she runs over to Linda and Linda, she's like, hey, Jesus is here. And, and then Ronette, she goes and grabs Marta. Hey, hey, he's here. He's here because they've seen him heal and they've seen him restore and they've heard the words that, is, that, that, that he spoke and they've heard him preach. And man, they got to get to Jesus. Could you imagine the excitement? They're grabbing their kids, man. This is a historical moment inside of their life. And they all have a need that only Jesus can meet and their intent. Can you imagine all the people in this little town rushing to this house where Jesus is at? I can imagine the excitement. Like the circus has come to down. Come on, somebody. The crowd starts, starts gathering around the house, people running from house to house. He's here. The feeling they had, the excitement they had that Jesus had showed up. Hey, if... I want you to see this this morning. It, it's so exciting when Jesus shows up. You, you know, I love that this moment because, because everybody in this story was excited that Jesus was, was here. I bet even the paralytic man was excited too. until he realized he couldn't walk. I bet he was excited too until everyone went around him to get to Jesus. I bet he had for a moment, like let's be real, I bet he had a moment of hope. Like, oh man, Jesus is here. And then he remembered, oh, I'm paralyzed. If, if, if Jesus could, could even heal me, there, there's really no way I could even get to Him anyway. And then I can imagine his, 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 his glimmer of hope turning back into hopelessness. The bright moment in His eyes turned back to, well, I'll, never, I'll, I'll always be this way. Come on, somebody. I can imagine his excitement almost instantly being turned into hopelessness with the reality that he could not move. The Bible doesn't tell us how this man got paralyzed. It's almost as if like that's not what we're supposed to know. That's not the focus is how this man got paralyzed. The, the, the Bible doesn't tell us how long he'd been paralyzed. The Bible doesn't tell us how he got paralyzed. Because that, I don't think that's the focus. The, the real question is how did you get paralyzed? How did I become paralyzed? That's, that's the question. How did I get to this place in my heart where I became immobilized? How did you get to that place in your heart where you became immobilized? Because we all have these places in our life. The truth is we've all got places in our heart 
things that have happened in our lives that have us that have us laying on the ground paralyzed watching Jesus do really cool things in everybody else's life. All of us. If, if this wasn't a self-reflection moment, Jesus would have told us why He was paralyzed. But I think the, the question is, is, is like, what, what, what was it that paralyzed you? And here we are day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, laying here in different places in our heart and our mind and in our soul, crawling around on our belly just trying to act normal. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness? You know, you would think that being paralyzed, you wouldn't get tired. Come on, where are you paralyzed? Just be real with yourself today. You would think that being paralyzed, you wouldn't get tired. But what I've realized is that when I've become paralyzed, it makes everything else in my life difficult. Like when I become paralyzed in, in my heart, in, in my life, in my mind, in my, in my soul, in places in my life, it makes everything... You, you know, I bet for this man, this picture of paralyzation, for us, we've all got areas where we're paralyzed. And, and the better question is, is how did we become paralyzed? Because that's the only way we're going to get mobile again is to realize how we got paralyzed. You know, it's exhausting being paralyzed. Like even just everyday things make you so tired when you're paralyzed. You know, relationships are harder when you're paralyzed. Because ultimately, people just kind of go on and forget about you, and that's, that's, that, that's, that sucks, but that's like people, right? R relationships are harder when you're paralyzed because then you become isolated. And people love to be isolated. They will walk out of a group. Come on, somebody. And lay down. And just live in paralyzation. There's anger inside of paralyzation when you think about relationships because you just get mad at people. You're on the outside looking in. Anybody ever been here? I've been here. And they're all having a great time sitting around listening to Jesus and here I am laying on a mat just wishing I could crawl there. Come on, somebody. I've got my circumstance. I've got my problem. I've got my thing I'm battling. They all look like they have it all together, but I can't sleep at night. I can't quit doing this. I can't quit doing that. I, I, I have this anxiety. I have this depression. I have this trauma. And here I am. And then when you, when you realize that paralyzation makes relationships even harder, you become isolated, then you become angry. And then there's this disparity like nothing will ever change. You ever been in a place in life where you think nothing's going to change? This is just the head of this man. This is what I think is bouncing around in this guy's head. Everything's harder when you're paralyzed. Just, just the day-to-day just -day functions are harder when you're paralyzed. That dream you had just seems a million miles away. The life that you thought you would have it's just a million miles away when you're paralyzed. The health that you want is just a million miles away when you're paralyzed. The mental health you want is just a million miles away when you're paralyzed. It's exhausting being paralyzed. Just having a little hope that things can actually get better is impossible when you're paralyzed.
can I just stop right here and tell you that like, I'm sorry that happened to you? I'm sorry that, that they did that to you. Like, I felt like I needed to tell you that from the Lord today. Like, I, I'm sorry they left you. I'm sorry they did that to you. I'm sorry that they couldn't actually see how bad you were hurting and just walked by you and continued their journey with Jesus. I want, I want you to know this, like it literally breaks my heart for you. And I know that it breaks God's heart that that happened to you. Whatever it was that caused you to be paralyzed. But I, I just wanted you to hear that this morning, that I'm sorry, that, that I'm sorry, that, 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 that I know it breaks God's heart because that's why He gave us this moment to look into. That's how I know it breaks his heart. Because this isn't just a moment where Jesus heals a paralyzed man. This is the heart of the Father on display. And I'm going to tell you this. I know he's sorry for what you walk through in your life. I know he's sorry for that hurt. I know he's sorry for that abandonment. I know he's sorry for that, 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 those people that walked out on you. That, per, that person that did that to you. That's why he would weave this man into the fabric of eternity so once and for all we could start to see that little toe start wiggling again. Come on, somebody. So that we could know beyond a shadow of a doubt that He is willing, not only willing, but He's capable of helping us walk again. Come on, somebody. Your Matt moment in life is here. Your Matt moment? You like that? Your moment where you can finally just begin to breathe again is here. The moment where you start to feel the nerves start to wake up in your legs. Come on, somebody from that paralyzation is here. Come on, say this with me. Say it's here. It's here. Your one encounter with Jesus away. So let's get going. Y'all ready? Today is the day. Come on, you got to believe this in faith because that's why you're here. Of all the Sundays in the world, that's why you're here because today's the day that your toes are about to wiggle again. Come on, hey, today's the day that you're going to feel, somebody's going to touch your leg and you're going to be like, oh man, I can feel my legs again. Come on, you're, you're, today's the day where the, little, the journey's going to start for you to start running again. It's going to take a little while, but I'm going to tell you this, you're going to run again and you're going you're gonna to be happy again and you're going to be fulfilled again and you're going to have peace in your heart again. No, life's not going to be perfect, but you're going to be able to make it. Come on, somebody. Today is the day because Jesus is about to enter the scene and change everything for you once Amen. and for all. I believe that with everything in me. Here's what this, this moment shows us. This is what we're, we're looking at in these encounters with Jesus. And, and I'm excited for all of you that are going to the encounter this weekend. But, but here's the first thing it shows me. It shows me, I love this about the heart of God. This is not just a miracle. This is God saying, this is my heart for you. I love this because the first thing that it shows us is that He sends people to carry me to Him. Look at this, verse 3. And, and they, 
came bringing the paralytic carry, and they came bringing him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they were, they, they made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, I love this because it shows how much God loves me. Come on, I am the paralyzed man. I love this because it shows how much God loves me. How much He desires the breakthrough that I need in my life. How much He will stop at nothing to get us where I need, to get me where I need to be to get the healing I need to get. Come on, somebody. That's why He got you here this morning. How He will send people who are desperate to get me in the room with Jesus. Come on, man. I mean, think about this story. Think about this, this, these people. This is the heart of God. I mean, think about it. They not only carried this man down the street, up the roof, but they actually tore apart the clay and mortar roof to get this man to Jesus. This shows me that there may be a bunch of people. Come on, this is a word for you today. Listen to me. This shows me that there may be a bunch of people who will walk by you on your mat. But I want you to know today that Jesus is sending people who want to carry you. I'm so thankful that I've got to experience being carried on a mat in my life. Because there was a moment where I wasn't preaching and thought I would never preach again and obviously was thinking about doing something different with my life. And I had this lady call me. Her husband had died and I didn't know her husband from Adam. And She said, hey, I want you to preach my husband's funeral. And I said, well, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm not really preaching right now. And she said, no, you need to come preach my husband's funeral so you know where your calling is. And it was just the corner of my mat got lifted. Come on, somebody. God is sending people to carry you to your destiny, to your healing. I know you feel alone. I know you, I know, listen, the reason you feel alone, because there are people who are going to walk by you on your mat. But you better believe, as sure as I'm sitting here in front of you this morning, that God is divinely sending people into your life to carry you to your healing, to pick up the edges of your mat, to, to notice you in your moment of distress, and to carry you into the moment where you can have one encounter with Jesus that can change everything about your life. Come on, we all got these people. God brought you here this morning to carry you to your healing. I know you're scared. I know that people have let you down. But I know one thing about the people in this room is that if you will let them, they will carry you to your healing. Free of charge. I also love... This is good, huh? I also love... I also love the fact that these men didn't do what everyone else did. That's what makes this moment so special. 
While every oh God, this is so good. While everyone else was running to get what they needed from Jesus, these four men. What about Billy? I bet he's still on that mat. Hey, listen, did you know this? I don't care what varying state of your walk with God you're in today, as if there are stages and states. It's just this kind of this journey, this linear thing. That... Did you know that there are people you, you come in contact with every single day that are just on the mat and people are just walking by them to get what they need? I love the fact that that you people hound people to get to encounter. We had a lady get offended because we had hounded her to get to encounter so much. You know, because we take up that big giant offering at encounter. You know, that's why we want her there. Because we don't. We don't. It's because we actually will want to do what it takes to get you to Jesus. We actually want to see you walk again. You know, even inside of Sundays. Man, I don't know if you serve, but you should. Because every single week, there are people that walk through the doors of New Life Church on a mat. You may not see it. You may not even think about it because you've been so conditioned in church culture that everybody's perfect on Sunday morning. But they are on a mat. Oh, they're on a mat. And I don't, I don't care if it's making coffee. I don't care if it's greeting at the door. I don't care if it's serving in kids ministry. I don't care what it is. But you, come on somebody, we're not the kind of people that walk by people on a mat. Here's the second thing it shows me. It shows me um, this, this glimpse into the heart of, of the Father for me. It shows me that my shame disappears in His presence. Never seen this before. This is interesting. Look at verse 5 right here. Put it up here, Maddox. It says, And when Jesus saw their faith, He said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. This is interesting. Stay with me here. Stay locked in. Stay with me. This is interesting because this is, this is breakthrough right here. This, this, this point is breakthrough. You know, I've never seen it from this angle before. No doubt Jesus said, now listen to me, no doubt Jesus said your sins are forgiven to show the religious leaders in the room that He was capable of forgiving sin to, to prove His divinity to Him. But isn't, it, it, this isn't something that we see. This is interesting because I don't see Jesus do this in every miracle. He doesn't, in every miracle, He doesn't start with your sins are forgiven. Like some of them He just spits in the mud and wipes on their eyes. Some of them, he, last week, He just laid the hand on the casket, got the guy out. Zacchaeus, He didn't mention it. He said, come down, I want to go to your house. But with this particular man on a map, he, he starts out this healing breakthrough moment with him saying, your sins are forgiven. It's almost as if Jesus could recognize that this man had begun to believe that his paralyzation was a result of his sin. This is too deep for y'all, ain't it? This is the deep end, ladies and gentlemen. All of y'all, they're like, when's he going to get deep? I'm getting deep. It's, 
It's almost as if Jesus understood that, that the shame of His sin was a belief system that culminated in His paralyzation. That before He could speak to His body to be healed, He had to first speak to His spirit to be healed. Notice what he says, your sins are forgiven before he actually heals the man physically. Man, to me, this shows the heart of the Father. I wonder if this guy, I wonder if this guy, I wonder if this guy is like me. I wonder if he's like you. Come on, listen, this is the best part of the message. I wonder if he had fallen in the trap that he had begun to believe that his current Condition was a result of things he had done. I wonder if his hopelessness was directly connected to the mistakes that he has made in his life. Better yet, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I, I better yet, I, I wonder if you feel like you deserve the paralyzation. I'm about to preach if y'all will let me here for just a minute. I wonder if you think your current paralyzation is payback from God for all the bad things you've done in your life. I wonder if the tragedy that has happened in your life, the addiction that's happened in your life, the divorce that's happened in your life, the depression that happens in your life, the anxiety that happens in your life, I wonder if the enemy has convinced you that it's your fault. Look at what Jesus says. Lean in. Look at what He says. He says... Son, your sins are forgiven. Son, not servant, not sinner, not paralyzed, not divorced, not addicted, not angry, not broken, not alcoholic. Y'all are hearing me. He says, son. Remember, this is the beating heart of the Father on full display in this moment. Son, you are forgiving. You are forgiven was what this man was waiting his entire life to hear. Son, your trauma is just a symptom of your paralysis. Your current situation, Jesus says, doesn't. Son, your current situation does not define my love for you. Your current situation does not define my, my, my desire for you to actually be okay with who you are. Son, you are forgiven. Jesus knew that in order to heal him physically... He must first heal him spiritually. I bet you think 
that I have, I, I, I bet you think, and have had, and had a, the, the enemy tell you, and I bet you've had people give up on you in your life. I bet you've fought the same things that this man fought circling around in his brain thinking his paralyzation was a result of his sin. I, I bet you've said to yourself, like, I'm damaged goods. I'm too far gone. And I would also bet that it's manifested in paralyzation in lots of areas in your life. Through relationships. Through self-worth. Through walking in your calling. Come on, somebody. Because that belief system will manifest inside of your life in paralyzation. But in one sentence, Jesus, Jesus removes the shame and guilt from this man. He, he, he first, before he could heal him physically, he had to get away. He had to, he had to get his shame and guilt removed off of him so that he could walk into his new life. Because had he healed him physically, he would still carry, he would still carry the paralyzation spiritually into his new life. This is too good. This is the heart of God. He doesn't just want you to look okay. He wants you to be okay. He doesn't just want you to look healed. He wants you to actually be healed. He, wasn't, he doesn't just want you to look like you got it all together. He wants to help you get it together. Come on, somebody. In one moment, Jesus shatters the low self-worth that this man has carried his entire life. In one encounter with the King, it reminds this man the Father's love for him. The same, listen to me, the same is true for you. There's no place for shame and guilt in the heart of a believer. There's no place for shame and guilt in the heart of a believer. You are forgiven. Now get up and walk. You're forgiven. No, you, 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 me. We're forgiven. Now get up and walk. We're forgiven, now get up and dream. We're forgiven, now get up and move in your calling. We're forgiven, now get up and go ahead and apply for that job you never thought you were going to get. Come on, somebody. You're forgiven, now get up and start restoring those relationships that your paralyzation made difficult. Come on, somebody. Now get up and start doing those day-to-day -day things that your par paralyzation made difficult. Come on, somebody. Your, your sins are forgiven. Get up and walk. You are forgiven. Now start moving in the direction of the healing that is waiting on you. Stop thinking about going to encounter. And go. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. I love this. I love this because Jesus tells me, number one, that he's sending people to carry me to my healing, that there are people that actually care. He shows me that, that, that there's no place for my shame, that I wasn't holding him up, that I've not disappointed him. 
if I'm a believer and I'm going to heaven, then, hey, he's physically incapable of seeing anything other than Jesus when he looks at me. Jesus either died for all of it or none of it. You take it or leave it. He either died for all of your crap or none of your crap. All of your sin or none of your sin. All of your mistakes or none of your mistakes. But here's what I love this because this last, this last moment here, this little glimpse into eternity, it shows us that, that, that my story isn't over. <coughs> that it's only just begun. I bet for so many years that this man thought his story was over. Man, I'm going to tell you this. I've been in moments in my life where I thought my story was over. Come on. Where I thought it was that that was it. This is I've been at, not not that my story was over. I was going to die. Maybe I, I, I've been to places in my life where I've thought about taking my own life. But but where I've thought that that my current condition was going to be my condition perpetually. That this is just the way. I am. This is the breaks. This is just the way I was raised. Come on, we, we, we say all these things to identify with this. I bet this man thought that his story would end with him laying on a mat. I bet this man has resigned himself to the life of struggle and pain and paralysis because he probably deserved it after all. My overwhelming hope for everybody in this room is that through this display of the love of the Father that you know that this is not the way that Jesus chooses to end stories. You want to know what I hear around here a lot? Man, I've never seen anything like this. Look at this last line of Scripture. Man, I've never seen anything like this. We've never saw anything like this. Hey, listen, I want that for you. We want that for you. You're going to walk into your promise. Amen.